Cause you're looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. I'm just making sure this is still recording. It is! Guess what, guys? This is not the only time we've done this. <laughs> Although it sounds but like we... that every time. Like, which episode is this? Meh. Meh. Um, sorry, so yeah, I'll, I guess I... Let's start from the top. <laughs> Welcome to Stitchcraft Podcast. <laughs> yes. Episode number, um, it's 2022. I didn't get sick, and I didn't kill anyone, so get off my dick. Yeah. Suck my dick, um, <laughs> as Lizzo would say. Um... Yeah, so uh, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, that part. That part. I'm Miranda. By the way, we happen to be sisters, if you didn't understand that. You know, all of our listeners. And I say that as the royal listeners, like the royal we. Yes. <laughs> the listener, the listeners. I'm going to stop now. I haven't even had a drink yet. Um, it's a Wednesday kick that night. Right it's a Wednesday night, so it's oh. going to be relatively tame compared to our uh typical standards i think our yeah our typical standards uh are usually like um you know i ain't got no job ain't got shit to do it's friday like so it's you know that's usually the job the situation not the job wow not the job <laughs> we both have real wow. jobs wow I, you know what? Maybe I need a drink to get this thing started. Like, <laughs> this is like a sign of like it's past six o'clock. I need a, I need a beverage. I need some sweet medicine. Um, just kidding. Island's gonna edit the shit out of this. I hope. And if no. not, oh, progress over perfection and all that other bullshit. Anyways, <laughs> so hi. What are you? What's having? in your? <laughs> We are having the best episode. We'll never do this in the middle of the week ever again. Um, So I am having a foggy geezer. Um, It matches my brain because I'm feeling really foggy at the moment. Um, It's by War Pigs, Three Floyds, and McKellar. It's like a a hazy pale ale that's been done by three, like a collaboration brewing situation. Um, it's a super fruity and dank Warpigs Hazy IPA forged in collaboration between Three Floyds and McKellar. And I already said a portion of that because I just read out loud. Oh, and I guess it was brewed by Summit Brewing here in uh, St. Paul. So, yeah, that's what I'm having. It's delightful. And my last part about this is that I live next door to a liquor store. Pretty dangerous. Um, it's also a grocery store, but you know. The top goods are liquor. And they now started selling this in a 12-pack. And so my boyfriend and I buy it frequently. And um, I feel like maybe we are really driving the need for this in Northeast Minneapolis. I think it's us. That's fine. But, um, yeah, I like it. We really like it. What are you drinking? What's in your cup? Uh, So I am having a cocktail Oh, it's, oh, when did you get the time to make that? That's beautiful. Mm. Sorry, listeners. She's got it in a in a high glass. Like, it's a, is it a... It's a little... It's not a coupe. It's a martini glass, it's yeah? It's like kind of like a cross between a coupe and a Nick and Nora, I would call it. Mm. Um, this is actually Aunt Lori's old glassware. Nice. Um, I have her butter dish out this week. I just put it out. Delightful. Our Aunt Lori is still yes. very much with us. She just decided that she wanted to get rid of some stuff that she wasn't using. Because she can't take it to the grave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so I got her old um, wedding silver 
which is not silver. It's like stainless steel, but it's very cool. It's this, I don't know how to describe it, except it's kind of like a Danish style, but it's not like silver. It's, you know, stainless or whatever, but it's... But it's definitely mid-century. Mm-hmm. It's very cool looking. When she opened that up, I was like, yes, please. I was like, I can't believe you don't want this, but she has other stuff she likes better, so... And I definitely had to act like I didn't want it, Island. And you were like, I'm just going to send a note to Pat and see if he likes it. And I was like, yeah, let me know if he likes it. He might not want it. He might and not like, like it. We, like, fawned over the things that were at her uh, in her garage sale situation. It yes. was great. Yeah, so these... <laughs> but tell us about the drink. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So the... Oh, sorry. And the glass. Whatever. Yeah, so the, the glasses are just um, a glass that it, the coupe part is not really, like... I always think of a coupe as having like smooth sides, like a single curve to the coupe. Mm-hmm. And this has more of like a more double of a bowl. Like a double bubble. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Double bubble. Know, like a double bubble. And it's more V shaped than a coupe, which I think of as being more flat. Um, but it's the same volume as a coupe. So I use it for drinks that say they want a coupe. Um, and then the stem is green glass. So the top has like this etching that's kind of like. Uh, floral ribbon etching around the clear glass bowl part and then the um, stem it doesn't really I wouldn't say that it's a like a flower stem it doesn't have anything that floral to it but it's got just like a little spiral detail toward the top of the stem and it's green so it does kind of allude to a floral thing with a trumpeted flower kind of at the top yeah exactly and um I didn't used to be a person who went in for, number one, uh, multiple colored parts of glass where like the top part, like the bowl is one part and the bottom part's another part. I always, I didn't really love that look so much. And then um, colored glass was like out for a long time and clear glass was more the thing. But now both of those things are back in. Um, so I was very pleased to find this and I've been looking for glasses that were kind of Nick and Nora style, which are the... Uh, V-shaped glasses that are bigger. Like, oh. still on a wine stem base kind of deal, but anyway. Um, and I have other recommendations if there are people who want um, colored glass for their bar, you can, of course you can always look in resale shops, but if something is trendy, it's going to be hard to find. Um, but there's this company called Estelle's, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, and they make um, like a light, like a blush pink, a light blue, a green, and they make wine glasses, cocktail glasses. All their stuff is very, very pretty. And that's something that you can definitely buy. Um, and it's a very cool, I think it's, a, it's an American-based company. I want it, I, I have this feeling they're based in Georgia, but don't quote me on that. But this stuff looks very cool. Anyway, so then the cocktail is called the, um, <laughs> Almond Brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently oh. it was inspired by, you guessed it, the Almond Brothers. But it's the <laughs> Almond Brother because it has um, amaretto in it. Uh, I was curious. I was like, where is this going to jam in? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I think I've already talked about this as a on the podcast before I've probably given it a gold star before but I'll talk about it again today um, in a little more detail but there's this app called Cocktail Party and I use it to 
basically help me pick what drink I want to make out of all the stuff I already have at my house. And so when I was just kind of scrolling through um, the drinks that I could make with ingredients I had sitting around my house, it was the Almond Brother that, that caught my attention today. So it's um, from Death & Co, which is a cocktail bar that's pretty popular and they actually have a cocktail cookbook that you can buy. And this has, so this is made with um, aged tequila, just a little, little bit of amaretto, a little, little bit of apricot liqueur, and then lime juice, orgeat, and uh, maple syrup. And Ooh, that sounds sweet as heck. It's not, though, because the, um, the oh. quantities are, of the sweet stuff is really small. So, like, oh. the tequila is the base, and that's the bulk of the drink. And then the next most that you have is lime juice. So it's almost two parts tequila to one part lime juice. Like that's the up, the ratios of like the oh, bulk of the drink. And almost like it, a margarita. It is, it's kind of like based off a of margarita, except that instead of having a triple sec, like an orange flavored sweet thing, it is um, a, a quarter shot of amaretto a teaspoon of apricot liqueur so it's like just enough that you can you can taste the apricot you can definitely taste it but it's not like overwhelming a quarter shot of orgeat and in my case my the orgeat that i'm using is a homemade cashew orgeat so it's a little nutty and then maple syrup is again a quarter shot so it's like the proportions actually probably do end up being pretty similar to a Margarita, it's just that they've split up the sweet stuff into multiple different kinds of sweet. And not all of them are equally sweet, you know, and they have a lot of other flavor profiles in them as well. So it's really that nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I also do love that it's a, a lot more balanced than, you know, when you first read the ingredients, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is sounding sweet. But you're like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, mm, are we at Chili's? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other thing that helps is that I did, so you can make it with, any different kind of tequila you want to, but I did make it with an Añejo tequila, so it's got a little bit of smoke, a little bit of the barrel-flavored, sort of, I don't know how to describe it any better than that, but it's, it rounds it out more. Nice. It's yeah. more flavorful. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I used to be a real tequila hater. Like, a, I Same. hated tequila. And I still don't do, like, sipping tequilas, like... I'm sure that tequila fans would be just appalled by but the fact know. that I have used sipping tequilas to make cocktails because I won't sip them. It's not going to happen. But you know what, though? I'm going to interrupt for a second. In the same way that people who love saunas talk about sauna life and they just want you to be involved. That's right. I said it right this time. Um, they want you to get involved. They don't care how you get involved. Is it at the gym? Is it an infrared? Even though that's like kind of frowned upon. Thing. Yeah. But they're still like, are you taking the time to take care of yourself? And do you want to try to like put your body in this kind of condition? That's fine. You'll get there. And I think the same for tequila drinkers. People who are serious tequila drinkers have not been... Um, you know, they don't, they're not on par with like the f coverage that bourbon drinkers get, bourbon and whiskey drinkers get. And so tequila people are just like constantly trying to prove to people that it's a <laughs> delightful spirit, that it's not, you know, senior frogs. And, and even like last year, I went to a uh, mezcal tasting oh, at Meteor Bar. 
cups. Yeah, and we made, um, oh, I forgot the name of it, but uh, yeah, so it's it, there's the sipping cup for it, but um, it that blew my mind. I'm because I was a tequila hater too, and you know, mezcal is a derivative and a different kind of brewing, not brewing, but um, the still method and things like that. I'm probably just like really messing this up and really showing that I uh, remember so much from this mezcal <laughs> tasting. <laughs> I definitely got to ride home. But um, I will say that it it's it understanding the profiles of it and take, sitting down and just trying it. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm learning something. Um, and it just stopped me from like hating on it. So I put myself in a place where I could learn something and it allowed me to like have a preference now. So when it comes to mezcal or tequila, I kind of know what I'm going to say mm-hmm. instead of just going, Ugh, no, because like, I don't know, there's there's a lot of people out there who just like hate on things. So it's just easy enough to, you know, constantly fight it. But I think as we get older, we need to continue to push ourselves to try things because our chances of trying things is less and less because we're getting older. Right. So, anyways. Yeah. So, I, I think the tequila drinkers out there would probably be thrilled that you're just, you're using something that you know what the heck you're saying, and you're, you know, putting it into a cocktail. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Well, I mean, I, this is what I'm going to do with the tequila that comes to my house, so that's how that is. And if anybody comes to my house with a bottle of tequila, thank you so much. I will be making cocktails with it. I will not be drinking it plain. Just, you know, public service Heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely still buy um, certain uh, certain tequilas, non-aged tequilas, for um, mixing with my Rattler beer. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm sure people are like, oh, this is a terrible. But I'm like, also, you like what you like. Same with yeah. wine. You, everyone can hate on someone's taste for wine, but, you know, you like what you like. Um, excellent cocktail. Yes. I love it. So I understand that you have a completed project. I know, guys. I, I only do one a year. <laughs> Feeling real good. <laughs> um, I love that you were like, you're going to start this one. My boyfriend and I are crafty people. And by crafty, I mean he's crafty, like skilled, could rob a bank kind of crafty. Um but also he's taught himself small electronics and um, how to like wire things and put things together kind of stuff. We've talked about some of the other projects we worked on. Um, but I said in passing to him that I wanted to make a sign at the top of my railing, um, the railing of my stairs. I have like this weird railing that's inappropriately short, like one wrong move and everyone's going to be like falling over the, edge over the edge. over the edge. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's not... It's, Everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know, not touch it. Like, But my dog, Tubi, who I talk about a lot, who's real short, she loves the railing because she can run up the stairs. She'll beat us to go up the stairs and then stick her head out through the railing and demand attention and kisses. And it's like the one time she can really get on our level, like eye to eye without a whole lot of work. So I said to him, I want to have a sign at the top of the railing that said kissing booth on it. You know, like the 2B kissing booth. And uh, he took that real serious. I started to, like, just design something and burn it into wood because I bought a wood burner impulsively. And um, it started to, like, then, like, kind of, I don't know, just it's it's snowballed. But he's created a LED, like an arcade-style LED that rotates around a heart. And the heart in the so middle of it cute. has the price for the kissing booth, which is 
one hot dog. <laughs> hot dog sense. Because <laughs> we thought we needed to put it in her currency terms. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> so, like, understand there's a little sense sign next to that hot dog, meaning I give me give me a hot dog, give me a sausage, mm-hmm. something of that sort. And I didn't tell you about the next part to this, but he had made it with, like, a soft arcade button. Like, remember those old arcade games you would hit, like, player one, player two, yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. like, a big, fat, like, two-inch button or yeah. something? He started to make it with that so that it would be on the backside of this wood sign that we that we hung on the railing so that I could touch it and it would activate the, you know, the lights to go off. Um, and that maybe we could teach Tubi to do it. But Tubi's a little too short to even hit that on the short squat railing. I know she's, her clearance is so low. It's so, so low. Snow <laughs> is her worst enemy for all of her tits. It sucks. Um, so anyways... He has taken one of her fluent pet buttons, which is like, you know, there's like some really famous talking dogs named Bunny or Stella. And these fluent pet buttons, um, they're real small. They're like maybe three inches or something. One of them just didn't work very well when we put in batteries. And he was like, let me have it. And he has since wired it. And he's going to then snake a wire down from the sign, down one of the, you know, the spindles in the railing and putting it on the little like piece of carpet there so that Tubi can stomp on it to activate the kissing booth sign. I'm 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 struggling. It's so cute. It is so cute. But she already knows like every time that he and I would go up there to like fit the sign to see how we'd hang it, how it needs to be wired, where the layout of like the um controls are and the battery and stuff. She'd be like, yes, what are you doing in my spot? So she's been underneath it a few times. And it's been pretty great. And she could even notice when we've clicked the button, the, you know, the temporary button, you can hear the relay click. Ah. It goes, and it goes, all of a sudden the lights just go all around, all around, like a little arcade game. It's so cute. But um, I have a feeling if I can get her to use this button, maybe there's a chance that she'll use the other buttons. Or so I've told myself. Hope because right now, because <laughs> as of right now, I'm the main user of the buttons. <laughs> this has been a two hundred dollar investment in embarrassment. It's great <laughs> in failure, um, but yeah. So I, we finished a project. I can't believe it. I mean, there's still some additional work he wants to do on it, but I think that was like one of the cutest things I've made in a long time. It really is. I mean. Just everything about it. So I know we talked on the the last episode about like the the style that you did it in and all that stuff. But hi, sorry, I choked on my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Alan, continue. (laughs) We talked about um, those aspects of it, but uh, it is just like all together with the lights and with her actually underneath it. I I hope you can actually post it to our Instagram feed cuz that is Oh, I will. <laughs> so good. It's it's excellent and I think um I needed a project that wasn't textile related, mm-hmm. you know? I work in an apparel job yeah. and touching textiles is like a little overwhelming sometimes and don't get me wrong, I have lots and lots of projects to do, but I needed something that was like I don't know, just a different medium. Mm-hmm. So getting the wood burner and some cheap wood, it just came out really well. It's really cute. And I'm just like, I I also learned so much along the way. Like I joke about, 
I, I joke about it, but a lot of people are really serious when they say the mission to Mars is so important, not because we're going to get to Mars, but all the developments that happen along the way that get us closer to this journey. And it helps us also understand how we can live on Earth better, right? And I'm not saying that my kissing booth side is on par with the mission of Mars. <laughs> wow, I just heard myself. This beer is not working because I sound like an idiot. There's someone really smart out there who's like, the fuck? Um, but I am saying, like, it helped me recognize, like, all the things that I thought I understood about wood burning or all the things I thought about transfer paper, all the things I understood about designing this stuff. Like, it really kind of, like crinkled in my brain a little bit it got some new ideas and some new ways of doing things and then same for Dave he was like oh we've never done anything like this we have to wire it this way and we have to make it supportive because you know it's not going to be an enclosed box or you know gravity's gonna be a bitch on this thing so we learned a lot along the way it was really cool cool so yeah um I'm trying to think if I have any other projects right now that are worth mentioning other than perhaps things that you I don't know if you want to talk about, I know you have a project, you always have a project for Valentine's Day, but perhaps you want to talk about that after Valentine's Day. I mean, in case we don't record in time, nah. but I don't know. Do you have a Valentine thing to talk about or nay? No. Nay? Well, my Valentine is related to wood burning. So I can't, I, I will, okay guys, I can't believe it. I have two projects to talk about. And this one's almost near completion. It's like, ooh, look this at is you. Like, I planned ahead. Most people I'm not like gonna... hit the winter doldrums and like, I can't bear to do anything. And Miranda's like, I learned a new skill and I have two projects. <laughs> and I got two projects. Admittedly, I did not. I Oh boy, here we go. I bought <laughs> the wood burner because I thought I was going to make Valentine's this year out of some scrap wood I had. I had big dreams. And um, with big dreams comes lots of depression. So I just. <laughs> big disappointment. <laughs> big disappointment and expectations. Um. But I did find a really cool person on Etsy who does uh, laser engraving on wood. And so I did, um, this year, I'm doing Tokens of Affection. Um, I, I think I already it. showed my sister this, but yes. I'll take a photo of it for the, for the gram. For the gram. But it's an old school drink token. So like my sister and I, when we were little, <laughs> sounds like we're at bars since we were children, but we, we were. were. <laughs> and we were given tokens all the time. <laughs> and I still have some. Yeah. But um, a drink token, what you would get at the bar or a card or something says like, usually it's a round coin or, you know, a wooden nickel or something. And on the back, it always says to it. Like once you get around to it, you know, um, it's. It's just a cute little drink token thing. So I did that around to it, little token. And it says a little token of my affection on one side. And on the other back, it says to it, just like the old school ones do. And it says good for a hug, a joke, or a compliment. And then I numbered them one out of 200. So everyone, anyone who gets one will get a unique thing, a unique coin. But my favorite part of this is like, I kept really reading up on cryptocurrency and NFTs being like these unique, you know, very hard to, sh- you know, to give and copy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's funny because they're laser engraved, but they are numbered. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just kind of cute. And I was talking to a couple friends about it. Um, and one of my friends, Janelle, she's got a, uh, she got a token from a Penzi spice package that's like a give love token. 
And her kids always like to play with that token and give it to each other or people in the house to give them a hug or to ask for a hug in exchange for the coin. That's really cute. So, yeah. So that's why I made it a little bit more PG. Mm -hmm. And then also it doesn't have my name or anything on it so people can continue to give it out. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. So I'm sending out tokens of my affection. Not cryptocurrency, but there's something. (laughs) Well, and unlike cryptocurrency, these will not lose value. No. They will continue to have value for as long as you have them. Yeah. And it's like I had I had grand visions of like burning this stuff myself. And in the end, like once I saw what a laser could do, I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck that. I'm going to outsource that. And I even got my cards printed by a printer in California this year. So I kind of went all out. But this is the year to delegate. Mm-hmm. I've decided. I've designed it all. It took hours and days to design it all. So we'll see what happens. I hope the mail delivers it all. <laughs> well, the mail will deliver it eventually. It'll get yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, uh, Victoria said that I think she got her Valentine like two months after um, in the New Zealand Post. So hey. there's hope yet. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen in the year. So those are my projects. Oh, my God. I Wow, I've talked a lot. <laughs> Someone help. Send help. Okay. What's your projects? What are you working on? Uh, well, what I finished, I'll start with what I finished, which were the um, socks that I was making last time. So these, The self-striping? Uh, it's not a self-striping. It's technically variegated, but it comes out looking oh. self-striping because of the um, circumference of the foot is approximately, ah. you know, the length of the repeats. Um so these are the dad joke socks uh, because apparently the woman who designed them was trying to make a sock for her dad. And so she designed them to have like a, I described this on the podcast episode or the last, the last podcast episode, but it's basically like a fading racer stripe pattern from the center out. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, a ribbed design across the top of the foot where the stripe or the, the rib is the thickest in the middle and then it, this, the ribbing gets um, thinner and thinner toward the sides. So it's like... It's kind of like a, a tube sock to a degree. Yeah, except that um, that pattern, that ribbing pattern is only on the top of the foot. These were made with um, stitched together smooth sock in the colorway Knit Joy, which was her color, her her large skein for her advent calendar uh, for 2020, I believe. Um, and I love, Marina described this as like being like um, the colors of Christmas candies, you know, so there's they like are. <laughs> a pink and a red stripe. And then the colors in between are sort of like pale pinks and yellows and greens like you would see like in um those dinner mints i was definitely gonna say like jordan almond colors dinner mints um marshmallow yes you know and gumdrop colors exactly but as a speckle (laughs) so it's it um it looks more broken up than that it's as opposed to like pastel stripes so the yarn uh is great i love the colors i love all of that I do not like the this way of making a sock, and I had forgotten how much I don't like this way of making a sock. So hmm. these are toe-up socks. So 
you can start a sock. Toe up from the flow up. <laughs> exactly. Just oh. And that's how that's how I feel about them when I put them on. Um, so you can make a sock, and the most common way is to start from the top of the leg part of the sock and go down the leg, turn the heel, and then come out to the toe. But you can also start from the toe and then knit up in reverse. And the... So, like, the toe would be um, increased. Right. To make the shape. Mm-hmm. Versus when you finish the another sock, you, you kind of pe- finish it together. Right. So... People who are proponents of the toe-up method say that the toe-up method is great because you can try the sock on as you go and decide how long you want the foot to be before you turn the heel. The problem Hmm. is you can't really do that unless you take the needles out and put the sock onto like another piece of yarn so that your foot can actually fit into the thing, right? Because most people have wider toes than they do midfoot. And so if you have your needles in the sock while you're knitting it, you have to, you know, put a keeper thread in those loops so you can try the sock. I'm not gonna do that. That's no. That is that means, you know, the soonest the soon as you take those needles out, you ain't going back. It, Espe- needles down means I'm done I'm for done. the day or yeah. I'm done with this project. So I'm gonna put so it away. Transferring all that is stupid. Tedious. Tedious. Yeah. And then um, I did that, not by taking the needles out, but I had like, um, I was using magic loops, so it's like a circular needle. So I just pulled the needles to the point where the sock was just on the cable, the flexible cable part. Yeah. So I, I measured where it was supposed to fit my foot and then turned the heel. And they both still turned out way too big. So they're not so big that I can't wear them, and um, they are fine. But they do not fit me anywhere near as well as the socks that I made right before this, which were cuff-down socks, which, you know, you can... um, Cuff-down socks, you can try on as you go, because the part that you're trying to stick your foot through is the leg part, which is made that for you your finished foot to first. Stick through. <laughs> like you have to, <laughs> and it's ribbed. It's the part that your foot had to go through anyhow. So it's constructed the way that you can do, you know. So you can actually put your foot in, stand up, stretch the sock how it's going to stretch when you're wearing it, and then decide how much longer you need to knit it before you start decreasing for your toes. So it's just, and the other thing that I don't like about this is that people who are proponents of the toe up like it because when you get to the end of the sock you don't have to graft anything together and grafting can be you have to it takes focus like you have to pay attention to what you're doing if you do the toe up there's nothing to graft together because it started off together like you you made it together um and what i don't like about the toe up is that that beginning part is really fiddly like you're supposed to be knitting through the front and the back of your cast on and that makes it really tight but if you don't get the tension right then you have gaps which are annoying and you can't really fix because there's no tail to pull on and then you get to the top part and you have to do a really stretchy bind off which doesn't look nice 
Oh, sorry. Re you're like Linda Williams right now showing me something that yeah. I can't see fully. Okay, I can see it now. But it just Yeah, it's really big. It's kind of bumpy and big. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. I'm going to keep them. I'm not going to I'm not going to like unravel them into a different pair of socks because I'm not that unhappy with the end product. Well, like I put them on, they fit my feet, they keep my feet very warm. All of that stuff is good. I just won't do this well, again. Well, they also they also just look really long yeah. as the overall silhouette. So, yes. like, how far up your calf do they go? These go up uh, not quite mid-calf. Like, just just before oh. the muscle starts coming out. Oh, they look so much longer than that, but I think that's it's just... Foot. Oh, <laughs> you're so mad. <laughs> so, I'm I have a question for you. Yeah. You're, you are a very, very talented knitter. And um, even my decluttering expert, when uh, we were working through my craft room, she found the first cowl you ever made me, which was, it was a fuck you challenge um, of cables. <laughs> I was true. like, can you take this fisherman's cable knit thing and like make it into a cowl for me? Thanks. Like it was, I will never, ever, ever get rid of it. It's gorgeous. She saw that and she was like, oh my God, did you make this? I was like, absolutely not. That's my sister. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You would have seen yarn around here <laughs> if I had made it, but obviously I don't. You're an incredibly uh, talented knitter, and you have excelled in so many different uh, paths of knitting as far as, like, you've taken on challenges that I think most folks don't want to touch, like lace, um, lace, certain lace patterns, socks. A lot of people don't like doing socks. Um, tons of stuff. What... You said, like, I'm going to keep these socks, but what should people do with something that doesn't fit? Like, let's really, like, go back to the people. Because yeah. you have a lot of socks, and you've made a lot for other people. But, you know, all things considered, if these fit worse, mm -hmm. what would you do? And would you gift them? Would you, un would you frog it all? Or would you find, I don't know, like, a, a tell me what you would do. So I have done literally everything that you can do with something that you don't like as an end product. I have um, given it away to people, like asking friends, like, do you like this? It just doesn't work for me the way that I wanted it to. I have donated things, um, you know, to, to charity shops. I have unraveled things if I liked the yarn. And if I really enjoyed the yarn and I really enjoyed the knitting process with that product but I did not like the end product or I got partway through it and I didn't like where it was headed I've unraveled and started over um and I've also tr played with like felting things so I once made a cashmere hat that even though I did the gauge swatch and I did everything the way that I felt like I should in the end it just didn't quite like the shape wasn't working for me and it just I just didn't like it and I thought, well, no one else is going to want to wear it because I made it for me, which means I made it huge. Like other people's heads. Well, you got a big old melon <laughs> for that big, beautiful brain. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, nobody's going to want this hat the way that it currently is. So I'll just try felting it until it uh, is the size that somebody might wear. And so I felted it in the washing machine. And then um, I gave it to a friend who was like, oh, my God, you're giving me a, a cashmere hat. And I was like, yep. I, I mean, don't, that's, a, that's a good gift. I don't like it. It, it ain't for me. Um, and so 
yeah, I've done, I've done everything. In terms of what should you do, yeah. um, that's super personal. I think what you don't do is you don't, you don't make yourself, like, do not make yourself live with the thing that you don't like as if it's some lesson to you, right? Like, you messed it up and now you get to live with it, right? It's not your penance to keep a thing that you don't like, that doesn't make you feel good about your skill set, that, you know, that tells a story about you that you don't like. Um, there's no reason. It doesn't bring you joy. No, and it doesn't, it, yeah. you don't need to do that. And there is someone out there who will like it always. So with things like, um, like next door, like the app next door, I don't look at next door mm-hmm. for like news and updates and stuff. I use Nextdoor to give things away to my neighbors. So I had some knitting needles that I just didn't really like anymore. Like they just, I didn't like the cables on them. I didn't, I just didn't like them. (laughs) And so um, I took a picture of all the needles that I had and I just posted on Nextdoor and I said, these are free. Anybody who wants these can just come pick them up. And a few hours later, someone in my neighborhood was like, yeah, I'll, I'll happily come take those. And I was like, awesome, great, you can have them. so I've done that with yarns that I did not want to use. Um, and for, you know, things like I remember once I made a, a shirt where I didn't actually like working with the yarn all that much. And I didn't really like the finished product. And I kept it for a while thinking like, oh, maybe I'll learn to like it or maybe I'll find a way to fix it. And then I was like, man, fuck it. Like, I don't I don't need this reminder of me. I don't need this. Um, and so I donated it in the thought that it's a, it's a, it was a completely compostable yarn. So either somebody was going to see the garment and want to wear it, or somebody was going to look at it and be like, that is a sweater I can unravel and recoup that yarn. Or it was going to end up someplace where it could be composted. And I was fine with all of those options. So it's... You know, I think you you always have the the great thing about all the, the yarn crafting stuff is that if it's knit or crochet and you don't like it, you can unravel it and it's like it never happened. And you don't have to, you do not have to live or fix. You don't have to live with or fix anything that you don't like ever. You can just undo it and try again or undo it, unravel it and give the yarn to somebody else. There's always somebody who wants it. Like, literally always somebody who wants it. I have never had yarn well, sit on Craigslist or next door for more than six hours. This kind of makes me wonder if there is a fiber arts or any kind of crafting um, possibility, kind of like the underground plant trade that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Because... Crafting is expensive as heck. There is a whole lot of gatekeeping in order to afford it. There is a whole lot of, um, you need to have transportation to get to these things. You need to have a lot of, you know, um, income, disposable income to do it. And it's not cheap to buy needles. It's not cheap to buy any of the things. And it's, and even the classes are expensive. Like there's so many rings that people have to jump through to get to it. I'm, I'm curious if there's something out there like a free trade, but as long as like, not even a free trade, a free give 
um, just like the underground plant trade. Like I yeah. pay for to ship. I pay to ship plants to certain people. I've only done it once because I was like, I don't think this plant's that worthwhile the shipping, but someone really wanted it. Um, and then for the most part, though, I find local people through the underground plant trade that want me to drop off plants. Right. So, so there are things like that. Um, so I just saw a, it was an article in, uh, it might have been Little Village or it might have been the Daily Iowan. Mm. I can't remember, but there was an article about um, buy nothing groups, B-U-Y so, nothing. My, I was going to bring that up that my friend Lisa loves her buy nothing group mm-hmm. on Facebook. She gives away tons of stuff that way. Yeah, so you can, yeah. you know, a lot of people have used them to get by during the pandemic because people will put up, you know, um, non-perishable foods that they don't want to eat or that they got by mistake or something. Um you can do that, like buy nothing. You can put anything up on buy nothing in theory. Um, so you could, I can't see any reason why you couldn't put craft supplies up there. I haven't done it just because next door was so easy for me. Um, yeah. And you can post and it's things, verified. Yeah. You can post things on, um, I've done this on Craigslist as well. Um, you can just say like, here's all the stuff that I want to give away. Um, and with Nextdoor, it's, you know, it's verified that the person lives in your neighborhood. So I don't feel so sketchy about like giving out my address and saying like, come and I'll just put it out on my front porch and you can come pick it right. up at your convenience. Um, with Craigslist, you can, you know, meet somebody like, you know, in, in a, in a public parking lot during the middle of the day, if you don't want them to give them your address or whatever. Um, and so that's all local stuff that you could do. I'd be willing to ship stuff to people as well, but Weirdly, I used to be able to get rid of things on Ravelry pretty well, like yarns, but lately that hasn't really worked very well. Um, And I think it's just Hmm. because people don't necessarily go to Ravelry. Well, there's no way on Ravelry to say, like, here is a lot, like a a bulk supply of yarns that I just want to get rid of all at once. And I'll pay shipping or you pay shipping or whatever, like... Ravelry is organized by the yarn the project. Brand. Well, no, right? the yarns oh, are the, organized the yarn. by like the brand, the um, type of the yarn, right? Like the the label or whatever. Which it's is just very not good. convenient. It just it's not meant it's to. Not... It's not meant to be a place for that type of exchange. That's not what it was designed for. So you could probably figure out how to make it work, but I don't have like a presence on Ravelry the way that like a famous designer does or. Right. you know, a, a yarn company or something like that. So it just didn't, it didn't serve that. No, much. I, I love that you turned to next door. Um, my friend who used the buy nothing group on Facebook, I'm just not on Facebook a whole lot anymore. Um, call me a millennial. <laughs> I hate it. Um, no, I don't hate Facebook at all. And Lord knows we use Instagram quite a lot, yeah. which is also part of the meta Blah. company now. The It's a whole nother thing, but, um, I like that you turn to Nextdoor because I do like the idea of helping your community and choosing that. Because, like, Nextdoor is full of a whole lot of snitches. Oh, my gosh. Nextdoor is... And a whole lot of racists. Oh, Oh. my God. I And this one girl, I was looking... I don't know why I got brought to Nextdoor. I try to avoid it because it's just filled with people with white white fear over (laughs) normal noises, normal things. And I'm just like, please please leave actually would you leave thank you like everyone's like i'm gonna leave the neighborhood i'm like do please do please go 
But um, one time I got dragged there and uh, this girl was shooting her shot. She was 60 and she was like, I'm looking for love and I'm looking for a man who's fit like me, who likes animals and on and on. And I was like, you know what, next door, you are a... A sloppy, sloppy place. <laughs> you are the sloppy cross section of humanity. You're the, you're the brown snow of, uh, you know, after two weeks... Snow, there hasn't been a snowstorm in two weeks. You are that cross-section of humanity. <laughs> Well-worn, filled with lots of character, and um, it's, it, is, it is what it is. <laughs> but, but I love that you made Nextdoor work like that. I love that. And it's as I'm going through this decluttering process, I've just recognized how many things I have that have value and a whole lot of things that don't have value. <laughs> and just knowing that like the sooner I get rid of stuff, one, maybe I won't replace it. Maybe I won't give into capitalism. But then the other thing is like the sooner I get rid of it, maybe someone could still enjoy it while yeah. it's in season, while it's fashionable, while it's trendy. Like shit. This me holding on does nothing other than cause me stress and I'm paying rent on doing that. So yeah. I love that you're getting through some of your collection because I think crafty people in general are not good at parting with crafts, craft supplies of any kind. No, because you can see how it... The possibility. Yeah, like it was useful at one time. It could be useful again. And therefore, somehow that means that you are obliged, you personally, to make it fulfill that potential. And that may or may not be your job, right? For some people it is. And for me, there are certainly plenty of things that I'll, the last craft project that I'll show you um, involves a little bit of that. But some of it oh, is Oh, good. Just, Sorry, I, we went on a tangent. I apo- well, I went on a tangent. But yes, please, tell us more. Well, just that um, I think that, like you said, it's very hard to get rid of things. And I think for us, it's, it's multi-layered, right? It's not just <clears throat> that we can see a thing that was useful. But the other thing is that when you're raised without money you and you have spent that money on something, like whatever money you had, it's, it's as if when you give that thing away, you somehow wasted your money because you bought a thing that you didn't even want to keep, right? So there's all there's this weird... There's a lot of shame. Weird, yeah, yeah, there's all this weird shit that comes with it. And um, having the thing doesn't make you feel any less guilty, Right. Because having it and not using it doesn't make you happy. Having it and using it when you don't like it doesn't make you happy. It's just like this weird, (laughs) fucked up mind trap. Um, Yeah, it's a spiral for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, related to the thing of of, of being able to see the utility in things and then eventually finding the thing that they are useful for, the last thing that I'm doing is I am making... um, and uh, Marie, if you are listening, this is an earmuffs moment. Um, unless you want your surprise to be oh. ruined, in which case go right ahead <laughs> and listen. Um, I have not one, not two, but four friends having babies in the next like four months. Wow, the pandemic has Woo! been good. <laughs> um, pandemic baby boom. So uh, I am making, I decided that rather than trying to make like 15 different baby patterns because it takes time, you know, to like find the pattern and match the yarn to the pattern, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, what do I have that is parent friendly, like a washable, dryable yarn and um, 
can I find a pattern that matches that so that I don't have to sweat the pairing of the things? And I found this pattern by uh, Hohi Locatelli, which is a matching like hat and vest set. Cute. Yeah. Called Felipe. You're gonna Felipe. Yep. You have to take a photo of that for the gram because it was real cute. It is unbelievably cute. Oh my gosh. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. I'm gonna just. I might be ovulating right now, and I need to calm down. <laughs> so it's a it's a really simple pattern. It's actually um, in this story that um, Hohi tells about how why she designed this is that um, she used to make these really, really complicated things for everybody and their babies, but then she started running out of time because more people started to have kids because she sort of hit the age where people were having kids. So she's like, well, I have to make, I have to find, find something I can make that is simple that will work for all babies and that you can finish up without driving yourself bonkers. Like you can finish this in a weekend for a baby shower. So it's a little vest. And you, this vest actually you can... You could imagine lots of different ways to customize it if you wanted to. I just made it the way that is described, except that um, the way that it's originally made is all one color, and I decided to put a little stripe, a little tipping, a little tipping yeah. at the bottom of the hat and at the bottom of the vest to just, you know, add a little bit of visual interest, like the literally the tiniest bit of visual interest. Um, I mean, it's baby, so you only have so much to work it's with. It's true. Um, <laughs> And so, so it's cute. a little a little sweater vest that has ribbing detail at the top so it can stretch to fit over baby's head and baby's chest. And also through growth, you know, mm -hmm. we all know that kids grow out before they grow long. And uh, yeah. that, you might have planned a perfect photo moment, but that is still going to fit. Yes. <laughs> and then the hat is a little oh my God, the hat. two by two rib also. That's the patoot. That just looks comfy and yeah. sweet. And I made this out of uh, Madeline Tosh Vintage. So it is a worsted weight yarn that is super wash, but it's also wool. So it is warm, but also temperature regulating and is all wool, but washable and dryable. And I really like knitting with it. Like it's just a fun yarn to knit with. So that's that one. And then um, I had, I bought like years ago, I bought like a mystery bag from Madeline Tosh of just like, five skeins of Madeline Tosh Vintage. And so I didn't have a plan for them, but when you buy the mystery bags, you get a discount. So I had five, so I have enough to make, I'm making another one. This one's in like a Valentine's Day red with a gray bottom. Oh, so cute. Yeah. So collegiate and cute. I know. Oh my God, sporty in a cute way. Yeah, so I thought um, this would be really cute because this, you know, um, this little vest hat combo is not gendered in any way yeah um like you said it will fit the kid for a while you know so the pattern only comes in one size because it's free it's a free pattern but you can easily change it because it's just ribbing right so you could just add more repeats of it yeah. if you wanted to if it, you were making it for like a toddler instead of a baby um it's great i love it so I have to also add this, just for someone who works with kids, or work with kids' clothing, everyone gives the blanket. Everyone gives the booties, because booties are really great. But you know what? I've also seen a lot of booties in uh, the Target parking lot, and they I've also seen off. a lot of, they fall off real quick. And so I love that this is a different kind of keepsake 
because like you know you want to put a hat on a baby they do get cold like it's until that hair grows in they're kind of you know out of luck sad (laughs) and also hats are just cute right they're cute for the photos but the actual vest will keep them warm versus like when you know I I just feel like there's certain pieces that are fussier than others Mm -hmm. and they're hard to keep hard to wear and this one I love that it's you know allows a baby full range of motion Mm -hmm. to smack you in the face (laughs) um and you still get diaper access this is a key 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 thing yes so I love that um Baby clothes are one of those things that I adore. I love it. I always get really inspired by my coworkers when they talk about it. I do not want children, but oh my gosh, do I love the emotions that come around um, gifting these kinds of things. So I think that is a super thoughtful gift. I also love that it can be done in a weekend before a shower. Like that is actually the most thoughtful part in all of this Mm -hmm. for you as a gifter. Yeah. Because I have definitely spent all night making a blanket or spent all uh, weekend doing something when I was like, man, maybe what I should have given was like a burping cloth. Because that's the reality. Baby can only use so many blankets. True. (laughs) So it's one of those things I'm like, maybe a burping blanket would have been a lot more helpful. Or maybe even just a lap blanket for the mom and dad. Like, so I just, man, I... I definitely am revisiting and relooking at how I gift. And I think that your gift idea is really cool. Also, I can't wait to see the photos of all those kiddos with their vest and hat combo. And like, you're going to get like four, you yeah. know, it's, you said it was four kids, right? It's, it's four. If I only make for the babies that haven't been born yet and not the ones that were born around Christmas. Oh my gosh. No, there's a lot of babies in my life too, but I feel like you are exceptionally busy over there. So, um, so much joy in this world. And by that, I mean poopy diapers. Yes. That I'm and not people changing. people getting peed Bye-bye. on while they change diapers. <laughs> and it ain't me. <laughs> it's not me. Let me, well, don't get me wrong. I can change a diaper. Yeah. I'm a designated baby holder. Mm-hmm. I love kids. Yep. But, um. Same, same. I'll babysit, yeah. I'll change, I'll bathe, I'll, you know, whatever. I'll do all that stuff. But I am not taking it home. Nope, that's yours. <laughs> that's that's yours. You made that. You were so proud. You keep it. <laughs> now, I uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and they had five kids. And they were my age. And their oldest was seven, and their youngest was three? Something ridiculous. Oh, no. Maybe two. It actually might have been two. It's like from seven to two. And they just were like clockwork. And I regret saying, are you trying to repopulate the earth? And because they might have been Mormon. They might have been religious. And I just, I immediately just like spun it around. And I was like, I'm only kidding. I'm from a huge family. It's just me and my sister. But we are from big, big families. And so when it comes down to it. I love babies. I love kids. And, uh, you know, being raised with a whole lot of other kiddos is the best. True. So it's a, it's a funny thing. But, yeah, here we are going, let's make things for babies and for parents and <laughs> not have babies ourselves. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> We're into different craft projects. Yes. That's all. I make different <laughs> things, not babies. <laughs> oh, but those are super cute. Do you have any other projects to talk nope. about? Wow. Well, I mean, you you literally have your hands full. Literally, not with a baby, but with baby uh, garments yes. to make. Very cool. 
Well, shall we get to some gold stars? Yes. Would you like to start? I will, and I'll start with <laughs> the um, the adventure that is my second attempt at using the Smitten Kitchen brown butter rice crispy recipe. Oh. So. Oh. If you guys have never tried the Smitten Kitchen brown <laughs> butter rice crispy treat recipe. I need you to stop whatever you are doing right now and Google it and then make it. It I never gave two shits about Rice Krispie Treats until I made this and I was like, oh, I get it now. So I've told a story on this podcast before about what I referred to as the $40 Rice Krispie Treats if we took into account <laughs> the time that it took me to resurrect the mu- the marshmallows that I was using because they had like dried out, you know. But you are determined oh, to find a new way to hydrate them. I <laughs> I have gone way past that and into the depths of like wh- I don't even know how to describe it except to say that um, I would not serve this to other people because I think they would <laughs> ask me what was in it. Oh, island. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait. Just wait. So do you remember when you gave me those um, salted caramel marshmallows from Marshmallows from New Orleans? Mm -hmm. Yeah, from Sucre in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Island. (laughs) Oh, just No, island. I haven't lived in New Orleans for four years. That's correct. The other thing that I used (laughs) was I didn't have. I didn't have Rice Krispies, but I had cornflakes. Oh, no. The cornflakes were from uh, the last time that we had Pat's family visit us for Thanksgiving. And you know we have not had family over for Thanksgiving in literal years because of the pandemic. Island, why (laughs) are you trying to, one, create a new kind of penicillin? (laughs) Two, why... There is some you okay. You know what? The shade you, <laughs> you throw, the shade you throw on our dear mother. <laughs> Just because your shit's dry goods doesn't mean that you don't have a cupboard full of trash. Versus, she's got a, a refrigerator full of expired cheese. <laughs> and by that, I mean something's created cheese. It's still expired. Um, and I love us all for this, but Island, what do you? What are you doing? I mean, How... they are so delicious. They're so oh, okay, good. okay. I did not expect this. I did not expect so this. So good. So those marshmallows from Sucre were like desiccated. They were. Um, I'm sure at this point they were headed to the Smithsonian, <laughs> right? For... <laughs> so it wasn't a full bag, right? Like I had eaten, you know, like two thirds of the bag. But I still had like a third of the bag left because I saved them, which is dumb, right? I saved them and I like put them in my hot you know chocolate. What? And... You know what? This is up there with you saving all of your candy from the 4th of July parade, all of your candy at Halloween. That's true. Except this one stretched for four years. That's and instead, instead of eating it, you know, usually you would get to Christmas and still have Halloween candy while I just looked at you <laughs> with hatred. <laughs> Because I finished all my candy in two days. (laughs) This is you just stretching it out. Oh, my God. But when I, Miranda, when I tell you (laughs) that the, the, 
so the the cornflakes and this is this is this should be very very troubling the cornflakes were not stale they were not stale so you're telling me the humidity in your house was the perfect archival I, temperature and levels no, what I'm telling you is that flakes. I don't know how cornflakes are preserved but probably we shouldn't be eating them right cuz like they should have been dead but they weren't and so the I used I used fresh butter because I'm not a total monster. I mean, you weren't you had to have at least one ingredient on the list that was, <laughs> that was real. real. And that was like required. So, oh, I used all the okay. same proportions as they do in the Smitten Kitchen recipe except that I don't add salt because they were salted caramel marshmallows and I use salted butter. Truth. Um, truth. I love all of this so so far. And I, Miranda, I I don't know how to describe to you that like when I had one, I wasn't hungry, right? Like I, I wasn't hungry, but I wanted to try it because I just made it. I ate it and I was like, I need to have another. And then I had another and I was like, I don't need another. I am, Whoa. I am full. And Pat had the same experience. So like I gave him one and I was like, I think that we are, um, you know, we are supposed to, take one and put the cover on and walk away because I can tell you right now that like once you eat one bite you will want to continue eating more and you have to step away you have to step away from the trace wow so these are hitting all the receptors like fat salt sugar uh, all of these things Everything. that yep. make you want more right so like I said I wouldn't serve these to anybody outside of my house and Pat knew what he was eating because he knew exactly how long that food had been there but I am telling, I am suggesting strongly that people follow this recipe, use salted butter instead of regular unsalted butter, because you'll be, you'll thank me for that. If you can. Also just salted butter forever. forever. Yeah. If you can find why, like why a, hate yourself? a caramel marshmallow. Mm. And then I actually think Pat and I are in disagreement about this. Pat thinks it's better with actual rice cereal. I like it with the okay. flake cereal because it holds the crunch better. It crunches better. The rice cereal is less dense. Like it, it forces the marshmallow further apart. So it's a less dense treat, but that's I, really splitting hairs. That's a, ch- <laughs> you know? and it, it's a personal preference, yeah. but admittedly when people make rice crispy treats, I can only have a little bit cause it's just a lot of, uh, it's a lot of air and it's, um, I don't know. I'm just not as into that texture, but I do like bars. Oh my God, it's so Minnesotan right now. I do like bars <laughs> that are <laughs> made with granolas mm-hmm. or other like, you know, um, you know, crumble textures and stuff like that. I do like a, a denser bar yeah. myself. Well, so. yeah, then I would try like a, I could imagine this would be good with like cornflakes, bran flakes, like anything that is that, that flaky instead of the puff I think would yeah. would work. Did you change your cornflake size? Did you mash nope. it? Or did you just go straight with what they were? Well, they were you were trying to preserve them, so I understand. <laughs> I did not purposely crush um, anything. Okay. Um, I love you and I love that this roller coaster <laughs> has ended in deliciousness. I Okay. 
coworker and I back at Levi's, we used to have this rule that we wouldn't eat anything at the potlucks unless we saw a picture of someone's kitchen. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a good rule because some people are like, oh, my cat sits on the kitchen and counter. Like, and I'm like, no. I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Thank you. Oh my God, this looks so nice. And I just walk on by. <laughs> or if I get a, a thing, it's one meatball. Sorry, Claire, one meatball. And um, then I put it in the trash. Um, and I say this with love because our family has cats. I've had cats. Uh, I've lived in homes that are not clean. And it's funny to like judge others when I'm just pointing right at myself with this. Um, but I love your honesty in this recipe approach. And I also love that you're alive. <laughs> I really, really do. You know what? What if you found the, the, the second booster island? What if you... <laughs> Maybe this is why I haven't gotten COVID. That's why. <laughs> I'm preserving myself from the inside out with expired... You and Keith Richards. Your stable goods. <laughs> oh, oh, man. This is, um, I very much enjoyed that. Thank you. That is a good, you know what? I thought you were, you told me before this show started that you were going to give me a, another $40 Rice Krispie Treat story. Story. And I was like, oh no, what did you do? Oh, you, didn't, you had no, no idea what I had done. But <laughs> you did better. You did better. You knew better and you did better. Um, but also you wouldn't share that with anyone I, else. That's no, so funny. Absolutely not. Anytime that I've um, ever, and this is just for anybody who's listening, if you have ever come to my house or if I've ever come to your house with treats, I promise you they were not expired. I would not do that to no, anybody else. Island, you're a scientist. And there's just... <laughs> you're a scientist. Of course you wouldn't put that out there to the public. You need, you know, consent and written information and... <laughs> Um, you know, there's protocols, so you would never give that to anybody else, but to you and a very willing group like Pat. <laughs> I so your your gold star. My gold star is, is for... the recipe, not my choices. Okay. <laughs> I just needed you to confirm that because I was like, did you just pat yourself on the back for not dying from like trying some new molds? Like, <laughs> there no... were no molds. I know there was no molds because everything was sugared and dried <laughs> to death. Okay, so before we, I'm sorry, gang. I feel like we're talking a long, well, long time. We've run long, yeah. So, because it does. How did you rehydrate those sucra um, marshmallows? Because you said that they were real yeah, dense. Yeah, I actually didn't have to. That was the weirdest part. So with the previous ones that I made, the marshmallows weren't expired. They just the, the bag just hadn't been closed up properly. Um, and weirdly, I think that they they were in worse shape because I think I think the marshmallows that you buy, they're like the jet puffed or whatever. I don't think they have as much water mm-hmm. to begin with as handmade ones do, like the ones from Sue. It would make sense for shelf-stable, yeah. for, for the size and volume of shelf-stable marshmallows. Yeah. yeah, so I think that um, those ones were, they might have also had some other ingredients that like, were meant to keep their shape or something, and the sucre ones didn't have that. So the sucre ones, I didn't have to do anything. Basically, I, I browned the butter like you're supposed to. I mixed the sucre. I didn't have enough of them to do the full recipe, so I had, like, fresh marshmallows, like store-bought, you know, jet puffed or whatevers. Um, I mixed those with the sucre ones and just mixed them, um, and it took some time for everything to melt, 
but it does anyway. The recipe is like, oh, this this part only takes five minutes. I've never found that to be true when I make fre when I use it with like fresh marshmallows, stale. It doesn't make any difference. Um, so it takes a while for all the marshmallows to melt down, um, but they did just fine. And then once they were melted down, I stirred in the cereal right quick and then pushed it into a pan. Dig it. Well, thank you for explaining that. I was curious how those marshmallows fared versus the last the one last you went through. The last ones required a lot more hand-holding. These ones did not at all. I was surprised. I was nice. prepared. Like, I had given myself time to rescue them, but they did not <laughs> eat it. Surprise! Surprise! So it's probably a well, thing to keep in mind, actually, if you're going to be using that Smitten Kitchen recipe and you want to use, like, somebody's, um, you know, handmade marshmallows or, like, ones that you would get from, like, an artisanal shop specialty. or whatever, you yeah. might have to wait for some of the water to evaporate off if they started off with more water in them to begin with in order to get, like, um, you know, the right kind of consistency for making the treats. I remember the marshmallows you made for Valentine's Day a few couple years mm -hmm. ago. I want to say like four or five years ago. Oh, I want to say it was almost ten years ago. Wow, I just hold that really near <laughs> near my heart. I'm not a big marshmallow fan normally, mm -hmm. but when you made those strawberry marshmallows, because yeah, they were strawberry, yeah. right? They were a lot more chewier and yeah, had more moisture content. I think. Yeah than regular marshmallows. And that was one of the things that made me like them. Cause I was like, Oh, this is different. I can this see isn't why people like, would like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what made me when I went, uh, when I was visiting New Orleans and living in New Orleans, sugar was such an incredible marshmallow uh, plate. Well, sugar shop in general, but their marshmallows were just exceptional. Mm -hmm. So I was a big fan. Yeah. Um, wow. Sorry. We went off the rails on that one, but I'm very tickled by that story. <laughs> Um, my gold star is, I had one and now I've, I've crossed it out. I literally went, ch -ch -ch, no. <laughs> and I decided to kind of bring up a similar situation. Um, in this instance, I made oregano chicken from soul food. And if you, uh, soul food is a, as an S O L F O O D. It's a Puerto Rican, um, uh, it's Puerto Rican slash Cuban restaurant up in Marin County. They, their main restaurant is in San Rafael. They're now expanding, or I guess they've been expanding for a while. But when I lived in North Bay, it was one of my favorite restaurants. And I'm sure I took you there mm -hmm. and mom and everybody that ever visited us because they just had incredible food. They had a, an amazing lemon garlic dressing and their hot sauce was out of this world. And I just, I don't know, in my pandemic Minnesota snow crazy, I was like, I miss this. I miss this real bad. And I haven't lived in North Bay for like, Long time. I don't know, eight, 10 years, something like that. So I'm just like, why is this the thing I miss all of a sudden? And uh, I looked up this recipe uh, online. It was in the SF Chronicle, how to make their oregano chicken which they use that oregano chicken in their salads, in their sandwiches, everything. And then you use a garlic lime dressing and I didn't have it, but I decided to go ahead and buy it. Soul Food never has offered their, uh, their dressing and their hot sauce for sale. 
And I just happened to look because I was like, you know what? Maybe they're finally doing it. I've checked. I No joke. Every year I check because I have a miss. I crave it and I miss it. And finally they had it. And did it cost me $64 to get? <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is my $40. This is my $64 Rice Krispie treat situation. The shipping alone for two bottles was $17. So I was like, well, F that noise. I added two more bottles. <laughs> So then my shipping only went up to $22, but then I had a $64 problem. So, um, and I got two, I got two of each, the lemon, uh, lemon garlic dressing and the, uh, hot sauce. And I'm going to send two of those to, um, my ex Ben, because he also loves soul food and I want his new girlfriend to experience that, you know, and I know he knows how to make everything else. And I sent him the oregano chicken recipe. So like, you know, if we can't travel, I got to remake things. That's that's really what it came down to. Like in this pandemic, I I haven't traveled now in two years, with the exception of Wisconsin and Iowa. No offense, y'all, but that it's is not. not my, I get it. <laughs> it's not far and wide, no. and um, it, it doesn't fulfill the the, the taste needs I yeah. need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I think I go through these phases of like, you know, I miss this, I miss this, I miss this. So this is one of those things where I was like, finally, I'm going to do it. So I made this oregano chicken, their chicken thighs. The recipe is awesome. It turned out wonderful. My boyfriend Dave was like, wow, this is so good. And I was like, wait for the lemon garlic dressing when it shows up. And so I have that now. And so I'm probably going to make that again this week. Um, Just because like, I just needed that. I, of course, I don't have the garlic testones and other things that they offer with these deals. But I also made pink beans as close as I could to soul food style. But it's still not there. So I'm going to have to um, keep working on it. Double check yeah. that. Yeah, because sometimes they have black beans, sometimes they have pink beans. I'm going to have to double check how they do it all. But um, it, I really don't consider myself a cook anymore. I don't really like I would only cook for me and Ben, my ex-husband. And then when I was dating Christopher, he was a wonderful cook, but a Southern cook. So it was just a little different. And so I feel like I'm learning how to do things again with my boyfriend, Dave, because now you can cook for two people. Like cooking for one sucks. You know, our friend Jaquetta had the solo gourmet as a blog a long time ago because she was just like, it's really hard to cook good food for one person. And so I'm kind of stretching myself out a little bit, trying some new things, trying to make the flavors I miss. I have, of course, am a white lady living in North, in like Minnesota. So like, what the heck do I know? But it was one of those things where I'm so glad I got a little bit of soul food here, their products, you know, mm-hmm. here so that I can at least try to get halfway yeah. to the flavors I miss. So yeah, I feel like in this pandemic, looking for the things that I, I miss and buying them from the retailers I miss or even the restaurants it's good for them because they're not getting the same kind of business either because of the pandemic. But, um, might as well bring it home. It's worth the cost. If I'm not flying out anymore, like I I can spend this money and it's expensive, but I can't get that anywhere here. So I, that's my gold star is I love that soul foods, uh, website finally is offering us to purchase that stuff, but it makes me want to go now and look for a lot of other restaurants, special sauces that I love. That's it. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I said that we would be timely and brief, and we were <laughs> neither of those things. So Never. <laughs> never. Oh, we are definitely 16 minutes over our time. Ah, well, so <laughs> it goes. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And um, 
you can find us on uh, Instagram mostly as Stitchcraft Sisters and the mm-hmm. website stitchcraftsisters.com, which is where we upload the posts. Yeah, we post the yeah. episodes, but that's kind of it. <laughs> I do direct people there if they don't listen to podcasts normally. Yep. So, yep. it's good. Um, and we already aren't on Spotify, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> F that noise. Also, I just switched a title. I'm trying it out. Let us know how it goes. I will. (laughs) But you can find our, you can actually find our podcast on um, Apple iTunes. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow, I just sounded like like an old person. Apple iTunes, like in the iTunes store. We all know that's a (laughs) Mac product. I got to stop talking. I'm not, I'm just burying myself. Um, But it was good. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your patience (laughs) with all of our shenanigans. And we will... You will hear from us next. We won't see you next time because we never see you. We we never see any of you. <laughs> I mean, a few of you. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, until next time. Until next time. What a way. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.